0: what's up everybody it's j and j with justin and jordan (laughs) what we got today justin
1: so today we will be recapping the nba draft discussing the kp trade and we will also be discussing the chris paul trade that just went down last week but let's get into this episode
0: so as as you already know we did our mock drafts you know last episode Couple big surprises, I, I, I'll, I'll say that much. Um, mostly, we're on the money. I mean, you know, we had some picks that were, like, really, really good. But the big one, man, we both had Cam Whitmore going top five. We had him going number four specifically. Number four. Did Didn't even make the lottery? Did not make the lottery. Justin, what, what was your thoughts? Because when I'm sitting there watching a the draft, I'm thinking, like, someone's got to take him eventually. Like, by 10, I'm like, how is nobody taking him by, right,
1: by now, bro? Yeah, the but- Cam Whitmore falling. That shit was crazy. I did not see it coming. I know there was reports before the draft, like a little bit before. they like, oh, Cam Whitmore got the potential to fall in this draft. So I was like, all right, if that happens, I could see him falling to, like, nine or something. But I didn't think he was going to fall to 20. Like, by the time it got to pick, like, 11, 12, I'm like, all right, what the fuck is going on? But you see there's reports, like, his medical wasn't that good. He didn't do too good in the interview process. Uh, his pre-draft workout wasn't too good, but I think for the Houston Rockets, this was a steal. You you guys ended up with a with a Men Thompson at four, who's one of the guys with the highest upsides in this draft, and then you got a guy in Cam Whitmore who could have went as as close to four. And you got him at 20, and you didn't have to trade for shit. You didn't have to do nothing. He just landed in your lap. So I think for Houston, this worked out really well. We're going to see now in the future if teams are going to be like, damn, did we really think too much about this medical? Because we saw it back in 2018 with Michael Porter Jr. He was the number one player in the high school class. He had his back injury, and a lot of the medics, they weren't on his side, so he slipped in the draft. That's a guy going into that drive in the preseason. He was – number one pick, top top three. And he fell all the way to 14, and now teams are like, bro. You, you, I remember uh, Jerome Robinson got picked before him. Kevin Knox got picked Kevin before Knox, him. Like, yeah. yeah, so sometimes I think teams just think too much about it. Like, clearly, like a wing like him that's athletic, those guys, I feel like, because the last episode we was talking about how it's easy to get wings, but to get wings that are like multi-talented in different areas, those guys are hard to come by. So if you could take one, especially in the top of the lottery, I would take a chance, even if he wasn't on your your big board, even if you thought you was going to get this guy, but Cam is sliding all the way down here and you have the potential to grab him, I would take him. But I think for Houston, they really came out and they got a steal. Houston most definitely won the draft
0: and to kind of build upon your your wing comment, it's true, like you look at The past decade of NBA champions, you need a really damn good wing to win a championship more than anything. Like, a wing that could do almost everything, bro. Yes, you know, PGs have kind of been like the wave and stuff. We're seeing the revival of big men. But still, the past 10 years, the common denominator in every, like, championship team, you had an incredible wing. wing. Whether it was LeBron, KD, Kawhi, Chris Middleton, you know? (laughs) Andre Iguodala. What the fuck? You need need a good wing. You need a good wing. And as we said, we we wanted Cam to go with the Rockets at number four. Because we said, you got your backcourt already. You got your big. Get your wing. Absolutely walked away as the biggest winners in the draft. Sure, the Spurs got Wemby. You know, the Blazers got Scoot, whatever, whatever. These guys, the Rockets just walked away with two top five talents. Honestly. And one of them, they got after the lottery. After the lottery, so they got their point guard of the future, which, you know, I put a little stock in in Kevin Porter Jr., but that's fine now. You got Amon Thompson and Cam Whitmore. I said it was one or the other, but now you got both. And, you know, it brings it up to the fact, like, are medical records even that important? Like, seriously? Yes, you're worried about, like, the injuries and stuff, but, like, medical reports show that's important. This stuff about the questions, though, like, how serious do we take the questions when it comes to the draft process? We saw that Phil Jackson was asking stupid ass questions. I think he was asking questions about eating like raw squids and shit like that. He's asking weird ass questions. How is Cam (laughs) Whitmore answering some of these questions where it's like, we don't want you in the top 10? Is bro whipping on his cock or something? Like, what is going on? What is going on where he's dead ass falling out of the lottery? But that's all I got to say really about Cam Whitmore. You said there was another big shocker in the draft. Do you want to talk about Jet Howard? I mean, I don't really have too much comments about that. He, I, I feel like he kind of fell in a decent spot. Sure, he might have rose a little bit, but everywhere in the mock drafts, he's really like a late lottery, maybe like early 20s guy. So tell me more about the Jet Howard pick, how you felt about that.
1: No, yeah, The Jet Howard to, to Orlando pick really surprised me. Did not see that coming. I was like, what? I was prepared for Orlando to take Grady. But it didn't happen. I mean, I do like Jet Howard as a prospect, but it's tough because I guess Orlando took into account that he is a bigger wing, and I know he's not the shooter that Grady Dick is, but he can create for himself, and he could, he could shoot it, but he's not an elite shooter like that, and he could create. He does have long arms. He does have size paws. He could do. <laughs> he could get to his spots. So I guess they kind of saw the pick as like, um, what well, we can't get out of Grady, we could maybe get into this guy. But my only issue with that is you already have Franz Wagner, you have Paolo Bancaro, you have those two guys that are kind of like your guys that are going to go get your bucket. I feel like with a guy that could play more off-ball, a guy like Jordan Hawkins or Grady Dick, that would have fit in very well with them because you got guys that could just roam off the ball his shots, they could, they could cut, do what they gotta do. With Jay Howard, he's gonna have to, he's gonna need the ball in his hands to get his shots. Hopefully, he opens up his game. I think the Anthony Black pick was a really good pick for them. They're gonna have to cut some of that guard depth, but I think that was a good pick. But yeah, I like Jay Howard's game, but I just think with all the talent that Orlando has, I feel like they could have went somewhere where it could have been somebody else that could have just fit into the offensive side more, but. We'll see how it turns out. I think he I think he is a good player, though, so we'll we'll see how it goes. What are the Pistons cooking?
0: That's kind of one of the big questions I walked away from the draft. I saw from. some
1: people were kind of mad at that pick. What are the Pistons
0: cooking right now, bro? You have so many guards there now. You draft another one. That did kind of exa- surprise me, too. I'm not going to lie. That's what I'm saying. What exactly are they cooking? We said they could get Walker. If not Walker, I guess, of course, Cam Whitmore, who we saw fall. They could have gotten um, Taylor Hendricks. What are they cooking right now?
1: Like, what do you think they're going to do from here on out? You got, you're got, you going to run a three-guard lineup? Yeah, when I saw them take a SAR at five, I was like, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. So, so But I kind of do see where they went. Me, personally, I probably would have took Jairus Walker right there. Because I knew Ken Whitmore had the questions and stuff, but I probably, with the questions in mind, I'm like, all right, fuck it. You're at five. Jarrett Walker would be a good fit here if you're not going to take Cam Whitmore. But Asar, yeah, I kind of feel like they're going to use him as like in like that wing role, playing at a high pace, just going with uh, with Cade and Ivy, pushing the pace. And then you have a guy who's very strong defensively come into the league. He's not an athlete like his brother, but he is going to be in the mix. He's going to be very pesky on defense. He's going to be a cutter. My only issue is, like, those minutes when all three of them are playing together, Cade, Ivy, and Asar, what's it going to look like? Like, is Asar going to need the ball? I know he could cut, but there's questions with his jump shot and all that. So, if he's not hitting his jump shot, it could deteriorate some of the shit for him. So, it might be tough. I would have liked to see him go somewhere else where he could maybe have more opportunity on the ball. But... I do see the the potential that Asar has as a as a cutter as a a three and D wing at the start, and then we'll see how his career develops. I think he could play alongside those guys, but with this situation with him playing alongside Caden and Ivy, I think his jump shot has to come along a little bit faster. So there's a little bit less room for for error. So I think the Pistons have to take that into account too. But I think this was a a high upside pick for them. Of course, but here's my problem with that pick
0: because I I I I'm a fan of Asar, right? Yeah. But the Pistons are at a point where you're supposed to be, you know, completing your rebuild. Not this season, but they should be in the playoff mix by 2025. If you're shooting for that, you don't go for upside at this point. You yeah. got your upside guy already, right? You got you got your two upside guys. I didn't like the pick because, like, now you got to draft for fit. Yes, you have the fifth pick. You start drafting for fit though at this point in your rebuild. Because I don't I don't like how we're going to be running a three-guard lineup right now. I like, for example, I don't want this to be sounding like Asar. Hey, I wanted Asar to be on the Wizards. That is a perfect pick right there for the Wizards. You got an exciting guy. And then now you pair him with Jordan Poole, right? Yeah. But now he's going to be fighting. I think he's going to be fighting for minutes and he's going to be fighting for the ball. Because Cade, under no circumstances, should be giving up the ball. If he's coming back as the regular Cade Cunningham from his injury, he needs to have the ball. If he doesn't have the ball, you know who needs the ball? Jaden Ivy. I want to trust Jaden Ivy with the ball. You want to talk about Osaka cut and do this, do that. He can't shoot like that. He doesn't have the shooting where you draft him to this type of team. You got your two ball handlers already. Get your wing, get your big, you know, get Walker, like we said. You saw that, that cause we had the the Rockets taking Cam again, like I'm gonna reiterate from before. We had him we had them taking him at four, which yeah. is why we said take Walker. If Cam is still there, you know, injury reports interviews all that. I'm you you could tell. I'm like still like kind of pissed about Cam falling this far, but at least he went to the right team. Why would you draft another guard? A guard that needs the ball. Are we forgetting that you had the number 1 pick and you took Cade Cunningham 2 years ago?
1: Do you think Detroit thinks that Cade could play that three role? I really hope not, bro. I I hope not either. I
0: hope that's your big point guard right there. Yeah, and that's that's when exactly. the NBA is trending at this point. Don't force him to play, you know, off the ball, and or make and make him play the three right now. And Not don't and definitely don't shift Ivy down. No, you. that's the worst thing you could do. Out of the three, I don't want Ivy touching the the to, the small forward position the most.
1: I see a lot of people saying if you're like in the lottery section of the draft, go for best player available over fit. I only disagree. I only agree with that if there's like a generational or, like, somebody that's way exceptionally better than the guys that you already have. Like, yeah, Sar Thompson does have a lot of upside. But I think Jairus Walker does too, and he's a guy that can help you guys right now. I just feel like with Ivy and Cade, those are your – you guys just drafted them. Ivy last year and Cade the year before that. So to take another swing at another guard this early, I feel like it's kind of premature unless it's, like – unless Scoot was at that spot then I could understand but like yeah I feel like yeah you should have took a guy that could like a guy like Jairus or Cam who don't you don't have a position at that I mean you you're in need of somebody at that position but they also bring upside to you the the upside talk only matters if like you have fucking like ramon sessions at point guard and you say nah we're not going to take anthony black because we have ramon sessions Nah, you don't do that at that yeah in those situations you do take best available but when you got when you have guys with potential and you just draft drafted them two years ago literally and a year ago you're not you should not be swinging for another guard you should be looking for somebody else in a position that you need that also offers upside and a little bit of a good floor too
0: Honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even take Scoot if I was a Pistons and he was available. That's how much faith that I have in Cade Cunningham. Because I think a, a problem with NBA fans, you get caught up in what's cool and what's new, right? And, you know, Cade Cunningham's not the shiny new toy. He's two years old now, you know? So, like, when it comes to, like, even taking someone like Scoot, who is much better than Asar, I wouldn't take him. And unless you are a super generational talent, like Wemby or something, then you disregard Dev. If you're the Timberwolves and you have the first pick... You take Wemby. You don't let Carl Anthony Towns stop you from taking that. I don't yeah. think there's the only guys that stop you from taking that pick would probably be the Sixers the, and the, the Nuggets. If, yeah, the Nuggets. That's yeah. it. Any other center, you do not worry about depth. So it's like, why why are we taking why are we taking another guard in this position if you're the Pistons? Yeah. You need to complete your rebuild eventually. Realistically, I understand there's been different levels of rebuilds, but they've been rebuilding for like more than twelve years now. They made the playoffs like twice, but I don't even count that. And realistically speaking, you've been rebuilding for over a decade. And you're so close to getting out of it. And this is the pick that you make. This is a team that I wanted to see. If they made the right pick here, I think they could have fought for the play-in this season upcoming. I think now you kind of have to push that back a little, push that window back, push it back to 2025. But Asar, talented guy, great player, someone I want to be a primary ball in on another team.
1: Pistons is not the wave though. Yo, I'm not gonna lie. I think, I think after the draft, the Rockets low key might have the best like young core, like under 22 type shit. In the NBA, they might. It's between them. I would say it's between them or Orlando. I would throw Detroit in there, but I say the Pistons. Pistons is up there. It's yeah, got to be, between. but the sh- the shit that or uh, that Houston got cooking up, I think that's gonna be dangerous, especially with Eme there. And the men's defensive upside, I feel like off of Rip, he's going to be getting after it. But, yeah, those are the three, like, young teams to look out for. I think Houston got some—because I know we made all these jokes about Houston being an AAU team. But if if Udoka could step in and put his foot down and get shit going, I think that team, their future's going to be really bright.
0: Who makes the playoffs first, the Spurs, the Rockets, or the Pistons? I'm taking out the Magic because I think the Magic are going to be fighting for the in this year, regardless of whatever pick they took. So out of those three teams who were kind of like bombed the barrel for the last couple of years, who's making the playoffs first?
1: I would probably, I would probably go with the Spurs. Spurs. Yeah, i I kind of
0: I kind of want to agree with you because they do have an underrated core. It's just that they're not flashy. Which is why nobody really cares about them. And not too many of them are taking super high. And like, like Kelden and, and Devin Vassell. And then I, now you're adding Wemby. But I'm still drinking the Pistons Kool-Aid, bro. <laughs> like, I'm a big, big, big fan in Cade. I'm a big believer in Cade. I'm a fan of Ivy. Maybe they could figure something out with, with Asar. But the thing is, too, like, those two teams are in the West. Not yet. I understand the East is getting really damn good right now. But those two teams are in the West. I still want to see how how Wemby functions in a professional level. I'm not talking Summer League. Summer League is cool and all, but I'm talking a real professional game. I want to see what Wemby does. And the Rockets, they still got to prove, like, with the new coach and with these new additions, like, hey, well, now we want to play defense now. Or Jalen Green's like, look, now I want to stop taking stupid shots and being inefficient. But when it comes to Pistons, like, I kind of feel like from them, we know more so what we're getting in comparison to other two teams. And I think either way, like, None of them are going to be fighting for playing this year. None of them. The Magic, sure, but that's why I didn't include them in question. In the question, but the Pistons, man, I think they'll make it by 2025.
1: Nah, yeah, I feel what you're saying. I feel like for the Spurs, the one thing that's in question right now is a guard. So if they could go out in free agency and get a, a nice little guard, I think that could do a lot for them. Because I think, like you said, we still have to see what Vic does when he gets into the league. But I think off rip, he could he's going to be an elite. Rim protector. I think he's going to be that off rip, and with when you have Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Sohan. I'm sorry, sharing the front court with him, they're gonna cause a lot of problems for teams there, and you still got Keldon Johnson who just came off for, what 19 point per game season. Always consistent. Uh, Devin Vassell's improving. Uh, Trey Jones is improving constantly. So, you, I feel like they have like the mixins right there for a solid team. I'm not saying they'll be like. Are you discluding playing, or you're saying staying playing?
0: I'm in. Inc- uh, you know what? Because playing is so like weird. I don't even think they count playing as like um for like playoff records. Like, if you drop sixty, that's not going to be a playoff record. But let's say playing then, you know, let's let's I, let's
1: extend it to even playing. I, I could I could see San Antonio being like a plan this season, or just in general, like first. I think this season. I think they could be like ten wow. at highest, like. Maybe like eight at highest, but I could see them being like ten.
0: I don't. I don't think I want to go too far, in thinking that Wemby's going to carry a team automatically. Oh no, but I'm, not I'm not, I, I'm I, not. I'm not
1: saying Wemby's going to come in and average twenty seven a game. I'm not saying that. I know that. that,
0: but for them to make it, he's going to have to be something special. He's going to have to be like a minimum twenty point per game guy for them to do that. Because this is just same roster. Add Wemby, and that same roster without him wasn't exactly too hot. You're expecting them to be better than, for example, the Thunder, who were without Chet. Oh, and no, Chet's coming I, back to summer league. I think league. they're making the playoffs this year. Who, the Thunder? Yeah. Okay, so who's falling out then? The Timberwolves? <laughs> Is the Spurs better than the Timberwolves? Nah. Let's not, let's not sleep on Ant-Man. And who else made the plan? Who am I forgetting? We have the Lakers. I and, think
1: Pelicans made it.
0: And Pelicans. Yeah. I, I don't think they're better than the Pelicans, even without Zion. Because we can't sleep on BI, bro. I mean, maybe they're in the same tier, but that's I mean, the one thing. that's the one team they have to take out. And that's also discarding, for example, the Blazers. We don't know what they're going to look like with with Scoot. We don't know what moves they're going to make. But even then, like they still have to be better than the Blazers. And even if they're better than the Blazers, are still not making it. And this is assuming nobody else moves. I guess the only team that could fall out. I mean, after 25 games, I don't know if they're going to fall that far, but the Grizzlies, for example, that's the only team with potential to fall out. The Mavs didn't make it too. I forgot about that. The Mavs didn't make it. Yeah. So it's going to be really hard for the Spurs, even He's when it's like all-world, to make it to a play-in
1: yeah, I'm banking on them man cause if they could somehow get their hands on Fred Van Vliet that shit would be crazy
0: I guess it would be pretty cool you know but like in comparison to Pistons it's really like what you have to beat out the Raptors and the Bulls and the Magic who are up and coming I think their road to the playoffs is so much easier compared to the Rockets and the Spurs like the East is the East is really top heavy you have like Maybe like five, six teams that are really good, but everything else is kind of crap below it, which is why I think the Pistons could be a little less crappy than, than all the other teams below them. You, you get what I'm saying, right? Like they you. They're easily going to be better than the Hornets. They're going to be easily better than the Wizards, who have Jordan Poole. Now we're going to talk about that very soon. They're going to be better than a lot of these teams in the East. I think they'll be better than the Bulls. I think the Bulls ain't going to be on shit because they're going to they're going to get rid of Zach Levine. So that's um, why yeah. that's why I'm, I'm drinking a lot of the Pistons Kool Aid. You know I'm a big fan of Kate Cunningham and his game. Yeah, as a I... big point guards. He's coming feed. back. So I think he's going to come back for a big season, maybe even an all-star Whoa. season.
1: Hawks trade John Collins. Live on the show? It was three minutes ago, but I'm on DND. They're sending him to Utah for Rudy Gay and future second-round pick. Rudy Gay to the Hawks. Yep.
0: I guess let's talk about that real quick. They thing. finally
1: traded John Collins after like what four years of him being in Trade Jeez, Talks. So this is probably
0: like the first news breaking thing to happen on the pod. So right now, John Collins has just been traded. Rudy Gay going to the Hawks? I mean, he's really old, but at least you're getting rid of John Collins. Like you said, he's been in trade talks since his second season. So what do you think that's gonna do for the for the Jazz and what do you think that's gonna do for the Hawks?
1: Is that a salary dump, you think? Or definitely. Y- yeah, because I'm like, I don't see Rudy Gay coming in like, hey, like I'm the new pickup. I don't know. I think they're going to look to flip that. I don't, there's no way. Yeah, because I think Danny Angel's like, ah, let me see if I could do some. But yeah, you finally, they the Hawks have been talking about getting rid of John Collins for a while now. And they finally do it for Rudy Gay in a second round pick. <laughs> kind of underwhelming. <laughs> underrating, underrating live news, but it's still news, man. Cause- yeah. We've been waiting for this for a long fucking time. Him and like Miles Turner. No, yeah. I think this move was just for the Hawks, just to free up space to potentially get somebody in free agency. They've been yeah, they've been trying to move this John Collins guy for a minute <laughs> and they finally get to for a very, very cheap price. So we'll see. we're gonna have to wait and see. Uh free agency begins what this Saturday. Yep. So getting we'll getting ready for it. We'll see what happens.
0: Honestly the it, it sounds crazy. We just had the playoffs go by, but let's let's be real. Free agency. I mean, the NBA is such a storyline-driven league. Free agency is low-key the most like exciting time in the NBA. Yeah, more exciting than the finals sometimes. More exciting than the playoffs. More exciting than day one of the of the NBA season. Free agency is where all the stories pop off, all the drama. A lot of people say, you know, the NBA is just a a soap opera, with basketball in the background. You know, so we're gonna see what happens on Saturday. Now was a pretty decent trade, but let's talk about some bigger trades that have gone on in the past week. Marcus Smart, the heart of the Celtics, the longest tenured Celtic, has just been moved for Kristaps Porzingis, was supposed to be originally Malcolm Brogdon that left, but now it's Marcus Smart. I was kind of surprised because Marcus Smart's been part of the team for... It's, it's been 10 seasons, or it would have been 10 seasons if he nine carried over. seasons.
1: Yeah. 2014. He was drafted, drafted 10
0: years ago, basically. Yeah. So... Oh no! No, he's drafted nine years ago. Yeah. So they just traded him away. You're losing a, a former DPOY. In my opinion, undeserved or whatever. But you're really losing the heart and soul of the team. But you're getting back Kristaps Porzingis, who had probably his best season since his last season as a New York Knicks, where he was voted an All-Star. Kind of like a low-key kind of guy right now in the Wizards. A lot of people weren't really watching, but he was playing phenomenal. He was semi healthy.
1: What is this gonna do for the Celtics, though? In your opinion? For the Celtics, man, Brad Stevens took a he took a swing move. This was a, a power move right here, but I think this move could I mean this is gonna be a tough move because KP has one year left on his deal. So this could either help or hurt the Celtics. So if he has a if he has a big year, it works out, you win the finals, you're gonna have to pay him too, along with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And with the new salary cap rules coming in next offseason, it's going to be hard to pay all three of them guys and retain all your role players. It's going to be hard for that. But then you look at it from the other side. If it doesn't work out, he doesn't mesh well with Brown and Tatum, and he wants to walk. He might either lose his value, maybe he gets hurt, or he walks for nothing. You just sent your heart and soul and they gave up a first too, right now. Nah. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so you gave that up too for a risk of KP. So it's it's a risky spot to be in. I do think uh talent-wise it is a it is a good move. I think um for the Celtics this does um help them a little bit more, but it does raise questions cuz you have KP who's dealt with injuries over his career, Robert Williams too, and you still have Malcolm Brogdon. So your core, what, seven guys, three of them are injury prone. Mm -hmm. So that's something to look into. But talent-wise, I think this is a good move for them if everything works out and he could have another season similar to his past season. I don't expect him to average 21 points a game. I don't expect him to do that, but – have you need that Al Horford insurance because Al Horford is old as fuck at this point? He should not be playing 40 minutes a night in the playoffs, he shouldn't be doing that. You should have KP, a guy who could protect the rim and he could space the floor, and then you don't have uh Robert Williams moving around trying to fly around everywhere. So, I think this is good for the Celtics. We'll see how it goes. This is a very risky move, but I guess, I guess Brad Steven thinks this is. This is basically like the Celtics' window. We've been seeing it since 2018. They're literally at the ECF or they're in the finals. It's one or the other. So this is basically a win-now move. I think that's what they're going for. for. For Memphis, I think this is really good for Marcus Smart, too. He gets to go to Memphis. He gets to be—they already had their culture, but now he gets to be the adult in the locker room. He gets to hold these guys accountable. I know people like to say Dylan Brooks was that guy, but Dylan Brooks was really just like— all the shenanigans that was going going around, he basically... He fed into it, too. He enabled it. Yeah, he enabled it. Uh, Marcus Smart is going to shut that shit up. He's going to basically hold these guys accountable and bring them back to earth. Like, you guys aren't hot shit. He's going to be that guy. And I really like this move from You couldn't ask for a better spot for Marcus Smart. This is really... Other than Boston, this might have been, like, the perfect, the perfect spot for him. So, I think it's going to work. I think it should work out well for both sides. Honestly, um... To start off,
0: horrible trade for Boston, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I get it. You're you're going for talent. Terrible move, though. Rob Will or KP goes down. Like you said, you got to play Al Horford a yeah. lot of fucking minutes. You're fucked. Yeah. You're, you're fucked. Yes, KP stretches the floor and he plays defense. I think that he's still kind of overrated in that sense. I don't think he's really a shot blocker you need. I think he's overrated as a shot blocker. You're really just getting him to space the floor mostly, right? He's not coming in to score 20 like you said. So you're getting like a 17 point per game guy that doesn't rebound. His shot blocking, his shot blocking's okay, but besides that, he's getting hurt all the time. What is Boston gonna do when KP goes down? And he only plays 55 games, or he goes. Let's say he makes it through a season healthy. He goes down the first round. You're fucked. What if it's not KP? What if it? What if it's Rob will that goes down? You're fucked. Malcolm Brogdon, like you said already, another guy who's always injured. One thing you could say about Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart doesn't get hurt. He does not get hurt. He plays close to damn near every game, no matter what. You're trading that for a guy who probably will play a little more than, I'm a little more than half the season. I'll give him that. <laughs> a little more than half. I'm not going to exaggerate and say yeah. half. I think this is a bad move for the Celtics. As you said, they've been in the conference finals every year, basically. They made the conference finals in the in the past like seven years more, and they've missed it which is insane. That's an insane, insane statistic. I think you have a good thing going already. There's nothing to change. I get it. Like you lost in seven last year, well, this, past, this past month, but run it back. You have the talent to run it back. There is no reason to make this move. If Malcolm Brogdon could have been the one move like he was supposed to be, it's a great trade, but you're losing Marcus Smart, a guy who's Not always here. there. He's if always playing. You, you He's could bringing the defense, bringing intensity.
1: If you could have flipped Malcolm Brogdon, yeah, this would have been way better.
0: Now for the Grizzlies, I think there's a phenomenal trade, as you said, we're bringing an adult into the locker room. Dylan Brooks is not a leader. Dylan Brooks is kind of like when, let's say, you're the oldest cousin, you're like 10 years old, and your mom says, watch your cousins, and they're like seven. You might be the oldest, but you're not an adult. You're not you're not responsible, you're not mature. That's what Dylan Brooks was, because that was a whole crew of kids and, and Steven Adams who, who couldn't hold down the locker room. Marcus Smart will get in John Moran's face and say, cut the shit. <laughs> he did that to Kyrie. He did that to Jalen Brown. He did that to Tatum. He'll do it to anybody. If he was on the same team as LeBron, he'll do it to LeBron. He doesn't care. He's going to say, cut the shit. And like you said, this is the perfect place. If I wanted Marcus Smart anywhere that was in Boston, it would be the Grizzlies. I think this is more so a culture move for them, not more so like a talent move. Sure, you're replacing Dylan Brooks, but you're still getting um, you're getting improved defense. I know, I know you're about to, you're you kind of conflicted. You're getting better defense, but you're still getting someone who takes a little too many shots that are ill advised shots. And Marcus Smart, you're getting a, a better defensive and I guess a little bit more responsible offensive player in Marcus Smart in comparison to Dylan Brooks. But besides, that, I think this is more of a, a culture move. A move that hopefully I've said I've said so many times on the show, you guys know how I feel about John Moran's antics. Hopefully this is something that keeps him under the reins, under control with Marcus Smart.
1: No, yeah, I didn't make a face because what you said about the talent thing. I just I just made a face because I just realized that not only are you replacing Dylan Brooks, but you're also gonna be filling in for John Moran when he's out for those twenty-five games. And then you also have to fill in that void of Tyus Jones being out in that trade to the Wizards. So now, when John Moran comes back, do you think Smart should come off the bench or you think he should start? Kind of has to, because you can't. Uh,
0: another thing with three-guard lineups that I, that I really hate, it's too small, you can't run Desmond Bain at the three. Yeah, fuck You no. could try, but it's really ill-advised. And no matter how good the defense is with, with Bain and Smart, don't do it, it's not worth it. Not yeah. So I would rather have Marcus Smart come off the bench, but for now, while John Moran's out, let him run the offense, let him try, let him be that lead guard until he comes back. But after that yeah. happens, I don't come off the bench, but not in a way where, you know, he's playing like twenty five minutes. Kind of like a off the bench guy that really plays thirty minutes. Like he he's not yeah. really that much of like a like how Lou Will was. Exactly. Off the bench gonna like JR like Smith was yeah. when he won six man of the year. He yeah, he he is six man, but he's really playing like thirty three minutes. No, nah, yeah, game. I agree with you. So I think I think that's the right move to to run with when Marcus Smart is playing and John Moran's gone. But overall, I think this is a win for the Grizzlies. Not like a super L, but a little bit of an L for the the Celtics. You're getting talent, but it's kind of broken down talent. Yeah,
1: it's a lot of shit on the line for the Celtics.
0: What about the other big trade? The biggest trade that has happened the past week. Ty's Jones to the Wizards. No one gives a fuck about that. <laughs> the the real biggest trade. What? And besides, since you did say that, Wizards, stop getting back up point guards and trying to make them starters, bro. It's
1: not going to work. You know, what, you know what I think they're trying to do? I think they're going to let Tyus be the guy for like three months, let him play his ass off, and then they're going to trade him.
0: If it works out. They're going to trade him. If it even works trade out.
1: Because they're trying to be bad right now.
0: I think this is just Monte Morris all over again. You're trying to force a elite off-the-bench guy point guard and force him into a starting role. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. No, he wants to start. Yeah, let, let him
1: start for three months, and then he's like, ah, this shit might not be for me.
0: I don't think it's going to be for him. But the, <laughs> the,
1: the real biggest trade, though, Chris Paul
0: is now a warrior. This is like something that I don't even think you would see this in 2K. This is this is insane to me. Chris Paul has been a rival, if we can even say that. He has been a rival to the Warriors for about nine years now. They've had a rivalry since the 13-14 season. These guys have been... Let me not say beating on each other. They've been beating Chris Paul's ass every single year. And, you know, he's a rival to Stephen Curry in a sense, you know. he's not. Him and Steph Curry had kind of some heat when they were at their highest peaks of each other. But, man, you flip Jordan Poole. Of course, we all knew that no matter what, even though Draymond Green was in the wrong, they're going to take his side, move Jordan Poole, do something about him, and keep Draymond. That's a dynasty pillar right there. You're not going to lose your dynasty pillar. But to bring in Chris Paul for Jordan Poole? Was there nothing better that they could get? You're getting a way... Oh, not even over the hill. A way over the hill Hall of Famer and Chris Paul to join your team. To do what? To do what? Your point guard is Draymond Green. Your second ball handler is, is Stephen Curry. Where does Chris Paul fit in? He's small too. Like Patrick Bradley said, he's a cone on defense at this point. So you're not getting him for defense. <laughs> Are we going to see Chris Paul come off the bench? and be the sixth man might have to because i really thought chris paul i've been growing up with chris paul he used to be one of my favorite players man but at this point we're really gonna see chris paul and his career coming off the bench and there's a certain echelon of guys that you just think they're gonna retire as starters and i really thought chris paul was gonna be one of them but this is not the way for him to end his career He's definitely not gonna win a championship on a team like the Warriors at this point. I don't think I don't think he's gonna be able to fit into the system. A lot of people think Chris Paul could fit into any system. I don't think he's fitting into the Warriors system. And for the Wizards, look, you got a guy that he's gonna be part of your young core at this point. He gets to jack up the shots that he wants to. He gets to um gets to play with Kula Bali. Yeah. He gets to play with Kula Bali. <laughs> wow. Wow. He gets to play with Koulibami. What what a what a big deal. Could have been a SAR. But yeah. How do you feel about the trade?
1: Man, um Mike Dunleavy Jr., my Duke brother. Um I don't think, yo, this was a kind of a bad way to start off this this job. Um yeah, trading for Chris Paul and you trading Jordan Poole. I didn't really like this trade at all. Only for the sole fact of, like, like you said, you have Draymond Green, who is that facilitator for you, that does all the, the stuff that you kind of want Chris Paul to do for Steph Curry to be off balls. Same thing with Clay. You have Draymond that does those things. So to bring in Chris Paul, another guard, and this is a, a Golden State fast paced offense. Chris Paul's whole career, he likes to play slow, likes to slow down the clock, half court setting. He wants to do that. He is old as fuck, like I said on the TikTok, at the J&J Podcast. Go follow that. But, yeah, like I was saying, he's old as fuck. I don't see him trying to play in that reckless uh, Golden State offense. He does like to run a lot of pick and roll, but, like, who are you going to run with? Draymond, what is that? He's not going to be a scoring threat. Kevon Looney, he's not going to be a scoring threat. What is that going to do for you? So, I do think Chris Paul is smart enough. He's one of the best basketball minds ever in the game I do think he will adjust his game but I don't know what it looks like I guess I have to see it to believe it I'm not saying that there's gonna be a complete failure obviously they're gonna get their wins they're all smart basketball players they're gonna get wins and stuff like that but if your goal is to win a championship this Chris Paul move to me doesn't really put you guys like over the top I feel like you guys, you guys literally just won two years ago. You guys had everything. What really fucked shit up was the Draymond and Poole thing, and everybody kind of just swept that shit under the rug. I just think the way that was handled was shitty. I think that was really it. But to think Chris Paul is gonna be the the savior for you guys to extend this dynasty, I don't, I don't think he's the answer for that.
0: It's a shocker, bro. It's a shocker. Um, I don't know what the Warriors are doing right now. I don't know what their intentions are. I don't know what they're cooking. It's as simple as I don't. I really don't know what they're cooking. You're bringing, you're bringing on your rival that's close to 40. He's injury riddled. This is not a guy who's going to make a difference for you in the playoffs. Like, I would like Chris Paul on a on a young team that needs mentoring, kind of like the thunder and the Bulls. <sighs> I would've loved for him to go to the Spurs. Yeah, like the Spurs. Oh my God. Wow. He would be a beast on I the Spurs. I would love for
1: him to go to the Spurs.
0: Mentor Wemby, you know, playmate for Wemby, playmaker for, for Keldon and all those guys. But what other type of young team would have been good? He would have been cool in the Magic. He would have been a cool point guard for the Magic. Yeah. Mentor Anthony Black. But the Warriors, you don't need a veteran presence. You got vets. You got vets with rings. You got vets with real championships. You got vets with finals appearances. You got real fucking vets on the team already. What do you need Chris Paul for? Because at this point, Chris Paul just offers a veteran status. Is there anything else that he offers at this point? It's not elite playmaking anymore, unfortunately. I wish it was still, but he doesn't offer no. elite playmaking. Doesn't offer defense. He's yeah. not that guy anymore. He doesn't offer health.
1: And basically, based off what we just seen in the playoffs, it's like this is like the car that has hella miles on it. And you're just like, come on, man, okay. If this was, like, 2017, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah. I'm hyped for this trade. But, like, we're kind of seeing the end of Chris Paul. Like but we, not
0: even the 2017 Warriors
1: would need Chris Paul.
0: No, no, I'm just, no, a, no, 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 I'm, no, I'm, I'm saying. No I, know, no, I know what you mean, but it's like, uh, if that team doesn't need Chris Paul and this team doesn't need Chris Paul, why are you bringing Chris Paul? Not yet.
1: No, nah, I was just saying, like, the 2017 version of Chris Paul. Yeah, cause, like
0: here's what I'm trying to say. If the Warriors didn't need a really good Chris Paul, why are they
1: bringing on the worst version? Oh, the worst Chris Paul. Hey, Mike Dunleavy. <laughs> He's doing. He also drafted AirPods. I like them, but I don't know. <laughs> I, don't,
0: I the the thing that's hard to talk about with this trade is like, it's kind of like weird. It, it's it's like a trade you do just to do it. You know what I'm saying? You just do it to do it, but for what? For what? You don't need you don't need C P. You don't. You don't need C P. This is not your chance to go back and win a championship. Nah, yeah. It's like there's like kind of like a sick prank or something. I feel like it's like the Warriors are like fucking with him. At the expense of not winning a championship. It's like they're fucking with him, bro. And when I see him in that jersey, I'm gonna feel like throwing up. Seriously, because former big C P fan. I always wanted the the Rocket the Rockets the Warriors to get taken down, specifically by the Rockets and stuff like that, with CP and Harden, but now you're on the team. And it's not even a, the best version of the Warriors. The Warriors are just getting older and older as as the years go by and and you're adding another old motherfucker to the team. For what? For what? I I, I don't I don't understand the trade. This is the real head-scratcher of a trade right here, of the offseason right here. I don't think we're going to see a weirder trade because this is dead one of the weirdest trades I've ever seen in, in my history of watching ball.
1: And you're also trading a 20-point-per-game guy who we all agreed this was a, a down year for him. Yeah, but it's not even that. It's like
0: there's definitely something else he could have gotten to help win a championship. Could have gotten like a, a, someone in their prime or even like their early 30s. We're getting a dude that's about to be fucking 40 years
1: old. Not yeah. But for Poole, yeah, he gets to go to Washington average 25, 26, play with Koulibaly. You know, I like this move for the Wizards because now you're kind of figuring out your identity. You want to be shit. And you want to go into next year's draft, contend for that number one pick. I don't know why you waited till after the Vic draft, but fuck it. But yeah, the Wizards want to do their thing. They already moved Badly Bill, got rid of fucking KP. Kuzma's going to be next. We'll see about that. But, yeah. Where the fuck is he going to go? Somewhere. Teams want him somewhere. Do they really? Do they really
0: want him? Probably. Teams that want to be good? Yeah. You let me know who those teams are because I don't know what team that's good and wants to contend for the playoffs or championship wants Kyle Kuzma on their roster. I don't know. Like, let's be real. But, like you said, yeah, I think there's a Wizards W right here. Rare Wizards W. You're not you're not contending for a championship, you're not contending for the playoffs, you're not contending for the play in. Let Jordan Poole go out there, be some site some sort of excitement for your team. Yeah. Bring some bring some fans in if that's really what's gonna draw the fans. Try to be bad. Try to be bad on purpose. Yeah, give give
1: Johnny Davis more minutes. Do that.
0: I guess. I guess. Let's see if that does anything <laughs> for his career. I, I guess, bro. It's only year two. Come on. I'm I'm more worried about Denny. You know, Denny could do something. I think he'll play. Nah, I'm saying, like, he'll do more. I'm, I'm worried no, about giving yeah, him, him yeah, more minutes more. over Johnny Davis. Uh, who else? Who else do I want more He's going to have
1: to do more now.
0: Um, white boy shooter. Uh, Corey Kispert. Corey Kispert. He could
1: take more minutes. Let no. him take a bunch no, more minutes. A, you feel they, me? D- him and Denny both had a pretty good year. but Yeah. Uh, yeah, Johnny Davis, got to play him a little bit more. You guys wasted a 10th pick on him last year. He's going into year two now. If shit's not working out. It's not going to work out. That's yeah. what I'm
0: trying to say. It's not going to work out. But Jordan Poole, go enjoy your 21 points per game on like 20 shots, 41% field goal percentage, 30% three-point percentage. Maybe there's baddies in D.C. I don't know if there is or if there isn't. I don't know what the baddie scene is like in in, in Washington, D.C. I doubt it's like the, how it is in San Francisco, how it is in, in NorCal. But I don't know, man. I, I it's It's... It's a weird fucking trade. It's a weird fucking trade that that doesn't make any team better. Well, I guess it makes the Wizards better in the sense that they could finally tank for the first time in forever since, since getting John Wall and Bradley Beal. And they've messed up so many fucking picks since then besides those two. I don't even know if I trust them to draft, you know, the correct guy next year if they get the number one pick. Seriously. <laughs> you really? <laughs> they are horrible at drafting. Them and the Hornets are
1: horrible at drafting. Oh, yeah, drafting the Hornets are historically reason. bad at drafting. Hornets. I thought the Knicks were terrible. Nah Sh- fuck. A man. lot of people like to give the Knicks shit about drafting, Charlotte but I think I think Charlotte is horrible. Michael Kid Gilchrist. Should we just go from twenty twelve? Shh. What, go Mike? ahead. You
0: know, you know, you love, you love drive history. You can name every number one pick from like the seventies to now. Tell me all the picks that they've had.
1: i I'll go from twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. You had Michael Kidd Gilchrist over Beal. Yeah, and, and Dame. Twenty thirteen. You had Cody Zeller, fourth pick. That's fucking disgusting. <laughs> That's embarrassing. I mean, we know how we feel about Cody Zeller over here in this studio. Um. Twenty fourteen. You had uh, Noah Vonley. Terrible. Ew. I think that's the worst one. <laughs> uh, relax. It was cool for I, the next. I, I fucked with Noah, uh, Von Lea, Indiana. He, he was good. He was solid. But, yeah, that was horrible. 2015, I don't... I think 2015 was Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. Yeah, over D-Book. It hurts. D-Book. It sucks to suck. And they suck, bro. Not yet. And then 2016, I think that was the year they made the playoffs, so... I don't think they had a lottery pick that year. Surprisingly, and they almost won a series. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then D Wade destroyed he them. Bitched them. Yeah. And then purple 20, shirt guy. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Malik Monk. Not too ah, bad. Not bad. I could see it at the time. Malik Monk was fucking stupid. I wanted him at on the Knicks. He was stupid at Kentucky. He had a fucking fifty point game. Like, yeah, I, that wasn't that bad of a pick. I wanted him on the Knicks. Uh, twenty eighteen, they took uh. They drafted Shea. They didn't keep him. They traded him to uh, Miles Bridges. That is a good pick. It is. I think that's a good pick. I don't think that's too much of a L on them. Twenty nineteen, PJ Washington. I think no, that's a solid pick. A Solid pick. Twenty twenty, Lamelo. Probably easy as fuck though. Yeah, easy as. I'm not giving landed right in your lap. Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, Lamelo. Yeah, he fell. He fell right into it, and that was a shit draft too. You didn't really have to think too much about it. Uh, 2021, James Book Night. It's, it's not looking too good for him. It's really not. Uh, and then 2022, what was last year? I don't even remember Do last year. Do we care? Who was it picked last year?
0: I, I couldn't fucking tell you, bro.
1: Nah, yeah. Your team is fucking. I, yo, ass. I don't remember. Those niggas that. can't
0: draft for shit. That's what their problem is. They cannot draft for shit. You you looking it up right now. Yeah, but I'm about to find out who it is. Them and the Wizards <laughs> and even the Knicks, It cannot draft for shit, bro. The three worst drafting teams in the NBA, if, if I had to guess. Oh, and the Kings.
1: The Kings are worse oh, than nah, us. Oh, no, yeah. The Kings are pretty bad, too. Kings are worse
0: than us. Bagley over Luka? Yeah, that was that was bad. That was horrible when they would draft all those fucking centers when they had Boogie
1: and Boogie was getting pissed. Oh, shot! Char- oh, oh no, they didn't keep the pick. Charlotte took Jalen Durham, but they didn't. Keep oh, him. yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Oh, That's Mark true. Williams.
0: Mark Williams, is he, cool. He's, he's, cool. Yeah, he's, he's cool. He's solid, yeah, he's solid. Besides that, like, but that. he wasn't
1: even a lottery pick. That was at 15. So, still a good pick, though. Not yeah. But, um, did you have any favorite picks of the draft this year? Cam Whitmore at 20. That was your favorite pick?
0: <laughs> yeah, because he fell so far. And I had him in the top five. Mm. That's a fucking steal. If uh, it's not a steal, I'm going to look like a dumbass. But at this point, that's such like a safe pick that you got him all the yet. way at Even 20. Even if it
1: doesn't work out, it's like... It's not a mistake. Fuck it.
0: Like You took him at 20. You didn't have to trade anything for him. And you still got Amon. When I said it, it's either Amon or him.
1: Yeah, it works out both ways because yeah, you didn't have to trade nothing. He was right there. He fell. If it... If it falls on its face and he plays like shit, it's like fuck it, we'll live with it. We took the, the we took a swing at twenty, fuck it. But if it works out, even better. Exactly. So I like I said, the Rockets won the draft
0: just two, because of the camp pick.
1: I have two favorite. We're not saying who won the draft. Just your personal. Oh my favorite. favorite yeah, pick? favorite pick. You know As in I mean? like my favorite prospect. It could be, but like which like I guess for a team you're like oh, I like that pick. For, like I like that guy. I for guess kind of one that's not like oh Wemby. I guess Anthony Black. Anthony Black to Orlando. That's a good pick. I got two favorite picks. One obviously my guy, Keontae George, to Utah. Okay. I really like that pick. If Danny Ainge is taking him, that means he must really fuck with him. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's gonna come in day one and start. I don't know. But if he does, that'll be lit. But you get a bucket getter for Utah gets a bucket getter and They also drafted Taylor Hendricks. I I really like that pick for them, too. That's going to be really, really disgusting going forward. And my other favorite pick was from the Boston Celtics. They took Jordan Walsh. Kind of reminds me of you, the way he plays. Real hooper? Nah. Real, real hooper. Nah, nah, not at all. Straight straight hustle, defense. He has no offensive game. But for Boston, I think that's a really good pick. (laughs) All
0: due (laughs) respect, as long as you say he play like me and he don't look like me. I don't oh say yeah, yeah, much. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <Damn. laughs> no disrespect, but I really hope you're saying he play like me, but he don't look like me. That's the only thing um, I can ask. I really
1: like. like that pick for Boston. He's a hustle guy, really pesky on defense. Has he was a, one of the top recruits coming out of high school? So you're getting that type of talent in the second round. So and an organization like Boston that is really good at at a. Making their guys better, I think I I like that pick. He's a guy he could come and play big games for them. He could come and play good, solid defensive minutes. His offensive game needs some work. He's really just an energy guy right now. But for Boston, for a playoff team, that's that's a good pick. That's funny
0: you say he plays like me because I don't I don't agree at all. I think my nah, I'm cap- my, I don't cap- <laughs> my my offensive game I would say is like it's akin to like Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, like I have a really deep bag. So this little hustle <laughs> thing, whatever, is crazy. You know my bag is deep. You know I I got a big Duffy. I had a Gucci Duffy too. When it comes to my when it comes to my bag and ball, and you know that's true. Ain't no reason <laughs> to cap here on the podcast. You had any least favorite picks? Not really. I'm also not a hater. You know, I I appreciate players not named Klay Thompson, Paul George, and Kyle Kuzma. But I appreciate all other players.
1: Damn, that's the big three.
0: That's the that's the mid three. <laughs> the mid three. That's the mid three. Oh.
1: I'll tell you that much. You had a least favorite pick? Least favorite? Um, I don't know about least favorite. I know the fuck. The Jet Howard one really like. Fuck sh- with you. Yeah, I saw that shit and I was like, really? Like, what the fuck? But I don't want to say least. That's not my least favorite. I don't know. That's so, I mean, when Toronto took Grady Dick, I was kind of mad. I was like, "Fuck!" His like, fit was crazy. Yeah, that yeah, that suit was that shit was not it. And he had the GD chain. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> that nigga, folks nation, for real. <laughs> not yeah.
1: but yeah, I don't think I have a least favorite pick. Not yeah.
0: That'll make you a hating nice ass nigga if you had one. Not yet. Yeah. I, I have faith in everybody in this draft so not, far yeah, until they prove me wrong. I, so did, I did like
1: and Wallace to the to the Thunder. That's a safe pick. I like that pick. That's
0: a safe pick. It was It was a pretty cool draft all around. I think it's going to be a, a draft that we look back on with a, a bunch of different storylines. Like, how the fuck did Cam fall this far? Wow, Wemby is, you know, all-time great status. Well, maybe even why was Brandon Miller taking over Scoot? Got a lot of yeah. storylines. Which twin is better, you know? Not I yet. think it's really going to be a storyline-driven draft. I think it was a really solid draft. But with that... Let's go into the housekeeping, Justin. Quick little housekeeping.
1: Now, yeah. Guys, if you if you're watching on YouTube, please give us a like. Subscribe to the channel. We are going up. If you got TikTok at the J and J podcast, like I said earlier, got clips. Draft Day, we was going crazy. I felt like I felt like an agent. Like I felt like Shams. I I felt like Shams. Yeah, I was going crazy posting clips here and there. Yeah, if you guys could Give us a follow right there, we'd really appreciate it. If you're listening to audio, give us five stars, leave a like, and yeah, appreciate you guys. And also, oh yeah, I forgot the Instagram page. It's the the J, the JJ Podcast One on Instagram. It's a brand new page. Doing the extra clips there. We got all that for ya. But yeah, we appreciate you guys. another thing is loving the shirt,
0: not loving the team. Wow, Yankees, fix your shit, bro. That, that's my last message for the podcast. Fix your shit. But that wraps it up for today, guys. So we will see you guys next time. Come on, Aaron.